0: Turn in your Bible, if you will, with me again to Judges chapter 9, and this time reading only verse 22 through verse 25. Judges chapter 9 and verse 22. When Abimelech had reigned, three years over Israel. Then God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the men of Shechem. And the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech that the cruelty done to the three score and ten sons of Jerubal might come and their blood be laid upon Abimelech, their brother, which slew them, and upon the men of Shechem, which aided him in the killing of his brother. And the men of Shechem set liars in wait for him in the top of the mountains, And they robbed all that came along that way by them. And it was told to Abimelech. Stand with me again, please, if you will, and sing with me, number 1144, 1144. Day of judgment, day of wonders, hark the trumpet's awful sound, louder than a thousand thunders, shakes the vast creation round. How the summons! All the summons Will the sinner's heart confound Will the sinner's heart confound See the judge our nature wearing Clothed in majesty divine You who long for his appearing Then shall say this, God is mine Gracious Savior, gracious Savior Hold me in that day of night Hold me in that day of night at his call the dead awaken, rise to life from earth and sea. All the powers of nature shaken, by his looks prepared to flee. Careless sinner, Careless sinner, what will then become of thee? What will then become of thee? But for those who have confessed, loved, and served the Lord below, he will say, come near ye blessed, see the kingdom I bestow you forever, you forever shall my love and glory know, shall. Thank you be seated. Taking up our messages again this morning, we turn back to Judges chapter 9. And now to that portion in verses 22 and following. We saw last week the message of our God to our hearts only from verse 22 where we learned that Abimelech had reigned three years over Israel. And now then this morning answering at last that principle Of Exodus 32 and 23, be sure your sins will find you out. And answering to that principle, we read in our text this morning, verse 23, then God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the men of Shechem. And the men of Shechem. Dealt treacherously. With Abimelech. Lest we mistake. The reason. Or concoct. Some thought in our own mind. Of the reason. For this horrendous. Blight. Blight. On the nation's tranquility. The Holy Spirit. Further tells us in verse 24. That. The cruelty. Done to the three score. Sons of Jerubbaal. Might come. And that. Their blood. Be laid upon Abimelech. Their brother which slew them. And also upon the men of Shechem, which aided him in the killing of his brethren, so that the Holy Spirit gives us the reason for sending this terrible, terrible blight onto the nation's tranquility. First notice with me that it was God who sent this Spirit. It was God who sent the Spirit. The word literally means to send forth. That is to dispatch. I would have you to make note to yourself that it was not simply that these men developed a caustic attitude and treacherous hearts within their own character. Certainly, they had all of that, but that's not the explanation that's given to us for the cause. It is not that these men simply developed a caustic attitude and treacherous hearts. It was not just an epidemic of foul intentions from a common disaffection to Abimelech. There was that. There certainly was that. There was a common disaffection. But it was not from some foul epidemic of their intentions toward him. But the Holy Spirit is very clear. It is not of all these things that was the cause of the problem. But we're told by the Holy Spirit of inspiration that the cause of this unfolding catastrophe was God who sent out a spirit of malice and destruction. God sent a spirit. The name of God used here in our text is Elohim you notice that the Holy Spirit in this verse does not tell us, does not use the name Jehovah, but Elohim. It is not the Jehovah of Israel because this act, this sending forth of this evil spirit is not the work of the covenant Jehovah, covenant God, not the work of a God God Covenanted with gracious intentions. But it is the work of Elohim. The mighty God. The terrible God. Who is even now. In this text. At this moment. Even now marching. Marching like an army. Terrible with banners. Sending forth the agents. Of his unstoppable wrath. Against their sin. Elohim. God. Sent the spirit. But for those. Of an unbelieving mind. Who would read of such things as this. In the scripture. And imagine to discast dispersions on our God or somehow to implicate Him in evil let me just say two or three things to such a mindset number one God did not make the spirit evil God did not make the spirit evil the spirit was evil God did not make the spirit evil. This was one, no doubt, of those whom Jude tells us kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. The evil in their heart to do found no source in this God. But only resulted from their rebellion against him. No source in God this evil spirit. Indeed this spirit is evil because of his rebellion against God. So number one God didn't make this spirit evil. Number two this evil spirit did not make These men of Shechem evil. (laughs) Hear me? This evil spirit. Did not make the men of Shechem evil. But only stirred up. In them. To act out. The evil that was already. Resident in their hearts. This spirit didn't make them evil. This spirit only served to stir their hearts to demonstrate the evil that was there. Oh, surely, surely, James has set us right in this matter. When he said in chapter 1 and verse 13 Let no man say when he's tempted I'm tempted of God for God cannot be tempted with evil neither tempteth he any man but every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. This evil spirit didn't God didn't make this spirit evil and this evil spirit didn't make the men of Shechem evil. No, no, this evil spirit did not somehow infuse evil into these men, but rather gave them vent for the evil that was already seething in their breasts. These are the same men, you remember, as we shall yet see, who conspired together to aid Abimelech in his murderous plot. Their evil was very resonant already. But then finally, let me just say further that this evil spirit did not even create this plan. But rather it was hatched, no doubt, from the corruption already so clearly seen in this record To be ruled over by no man. They did not create that thought or create this plan. This had been the thoughts of their hearts for a long while now. They would not be ruled over. They would not be ruled over. But they would have their liberties Uninhibited by law. That was in their hearts. This by the way. This was the argument Abimelech himself had used. To gain their support at the very beginning in verse 2. You remember he used this argument. Do you want them to rule over you? Wouldn't you rather have somebody that's one of your brethren. And I would be more favorable. No. No. These evil, this evil spirit, he did not even hatch this plan. This was all together their doings. But now look again at our text in verse 23. Then God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the men of Shechem, and the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech. The word spirit here that he sent, of course, is the Hebrew word ruach. And it refers to a wind or a breath. As I've already said, this unfolding tragedy in this section of the record was not just the fruit of an evil disposition on the part of these men, but it was an actual spirit sent out by God to set in motion the wheels of his righteous justice and to implement his holy judgment. This was as surely a real and active spirit as that one that was sent to the corrupt heart of Saul. You remember it, I'm sure, in 1 Samuel chapter 16. And the words of the record there in 1 Samuel 16 and verse 14 tell us this, But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubled him. This, I said, was a real and active spirit sent to his heart. These spirits are his. I said there can be no blame laid on God. There can be no attributing any evil to God because of these evil spirits. But these spirits belong to him. They are his As much as every other spirit, be it human or angelic, all spirits belong to Him. They're His property. And the nature of this spirit was a nature of evil, distrust, and discord. But alas, these men had not the spiritual sense to see it. Oh, how desperate is the fallen heart of man that he cannot, he wills to not see the workings of his God's corrective providences. He wills to not see. These men didn't see. They didn't see that this was an evil spirit. And then God had said it. Such as the blinded. Heart of the fallen. Jameson Fawcett and Brown. Commented. And said in the course of providence. Jealousy. Distrust. Secret dissatisfaction. And smothered rebellion. Appeared among his subjects. Disappointed and disgusted. With his tyranny. And God permitted those disorders to punish the complicated crimes of this royal fratricide and idolatrous usurper. Matthew Henry said, those that set him up were the first that deserted him and endeavored to dethrone him. Then he makes this comment, it is not strange that those who were Ungrateful to Gideon were unfaithful to Abimelech. For what will hold those together that will not be held together by obligation to merits such as Gideon? They will not see. They had no eyes to see. They had no heart to follow. They had no will to obey the dictates of god oh how well the psalmist would later describe there's the the prodigy of these men how well his prodigy was described by the psalmist in psalm chapter 78 and verse 21 therefore the lord, the lord heard this and was was Wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob and anger came up against Israel because they believed not. Because they believed not in God. Trusted not in His salvation and though He had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and had rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them of the corn of heaven. Man did eat angels' food, and he sent a meat to the full, but they did not believe him. Gideon Gideon had opened heaven's gates to Israel. Gideon had brought down the blessings of God to Israel. Gideon had poured out the blessings of God on this, but they did not receive. They did not remember. They did not know, verse 29, so they did eat, the psalmist said. So they did eat and were filled. And he gave them their desire. They were not estranged from their lust, But while their meat was yet in their mouths, the wrath of God came upon them, slew the fattest of them, and smote down the chosen men of Israel. Therefore their days did he consume in vanity and their years in trouble. Verse 37, for their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. This is exactly what Israel has done in our text this morning. Verse 40, oh, how often they provoke him and grieve him. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Then we find these words in verse 49. He cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath and indignation and trouble by sending evil angels among them. By sending evil angels among them. He made a way to his anger. He spared not their soul from death, but gave their life over to pass. Why? They had no eyes to see, no ears to hear. They couldn't read the providence of God. They didn't see the judgment of God. They were like, we are in America today. They can't see. God has sent evil spirits among us to execute His justice. They have no eyes to see. Oh, how how often has this tale been told over and over and over in Israel's history. Alas can I just say. How oft is it being told over and over and over. In our own history. We're well, not listening. But notwithstanding how many times. This tragic scene is replayed. Men's fallen hearts remain dull. And unhearing. None less, none less than that great prophet Amos lays it before us in a whole series, a whole series of rhetorical questions in Amos chapter three and verse three. Can two walk together except they be agreed? It's a rhetorical question. Verse four: Will a lion roar in the forest when he hath no prey? It's a rhetorical. Question, will a young lion cry out of his den if he's taken nothing? It's a rhetorical question. Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth where no gin is for him? Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in the city? And the Lord hath not done it. It's a rhetorical question. Oh, if there's evil in the city, the Lord has done it. He sent this upon them. He sent it upon them, the Hebrew word evil in our text means sprawling, vexing, distressing. He sent this spirit that had this capacity for spoiling and distressing and and it's and it's a terrible terrible experience and it's everywhere it's vexing it's distressing and yet they see nothing in it they see nothing in it nothing the shikamites these shikamites cannot see the source Of their calamity well if I had time this morning I could just part from my notes and preach for a while right there we're living in a nation and in an hour in which we have calamity on every hand I've come to the place I don't even want to see a television economies collapsing banks collapsing food shortages Pandemics of every sort. Destruction on every hand. And nobody sees anything in it. God has not turned to. In the midst of it all. Food shortages. My wife and I run into trouble finding cat food. Can you believe that? Three grocery stores I went to this week. Couldn't buy cat food. God has sent. His anger. And men don't read it. We're not reading it. Where do they look? Oh, they look to government. Ecology. Psychology. Medicine. They're looking everywhere. But the source of hell. God. God. Verse 23. God. God sin, and evil spirits to cause this calamity in Israel. Nobody, they look everywhere but to God. What we need is what Israel needed. We need a wholesale repentance. Salvation, turning to God, forgetting the politics and the economics and the sociology and all the rest of it, forget it all and turn back to God, in biblical repentance and faith. So now how was it that this evil spirit set about to execute this just judgment? Against these vile transgressors. Verse 25, the men of Shechem set liars in wait for him in the top of the mountains. They dealt, verse 23, they dealt treacherously with Abimelech. They set liars in wait. Oh, treacherously, that word. They didn't deal with him openly. Nevertheless, they did deal with him actively. But they did it by treachery. The word means to deal deceitfully or unfaithfully. Bush said the original word properly implies faithlessness, unfaithfulness, and being wanting to one's engagements. And it is especially applied, this word is especially applied in Jeremiah 3 and verse 20 to conjugal infidelity. The Shechemites broke their covenant with Abimelech. And shook off his yoke. God is often pleased to punish bad men. By the very persons who they have contributed to their elevation. And thus chastening them with the rods which they themselves have gathered. And would execute that by means of their own unfaithfulness to one another. They dealt treacherously and that's the word used in Jeremiah 3 and verse 20 they dealt treacherously oh Proverbs 16 and verse 7 tells us that when a man's ways please the Lord he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him but we can look at the other side and say when a man is evil and his ways do not please the Lord not even his friends will be faithful to him They'll deal with him treacherously. Treacherously. Indeed, as Bush just told us, God is often pleased to punish the evil men by the very persons they have chosen. (laughs) Boy, does that sound like our culture today. The very men we've chosen, God will punish us. These are the very men who had bound in league themselves together with him only so very recently, three years, three years. Oh, the short-lived loyalty of a hypocrite. Bush said the throne of violence, the throne of violence never stands secure. The blood upon which it has been established breaks out to be undermined at last. And sooner or later the justice of God will make inquisition for blood, especially the blood of the Can we not again apply that to our nation? If any doubt or question or wonder what we while we're in this mess where we are this day if anybody wants to know all we got to do is look back on those years we've been murdering babies murdering babies by the thousands we've been killing innocents and I say to you along with Bush that the throne of violence never stands secure and God will make inquisition the blood of the innocents sooner or later so then when once this evil spirit has stirred their equally evil hearts against their darling choice of a king what form does their treachery take well someone has said this disaffection first showed itself in acts of brigandage. word means theft. Brigandage against the peace of their Lord and King, to use the language of our medieval lawyers, the road to Shechem was no longer safe. We read, the men of Shechem, verse 25, set liars in wait for him, in the top of the mountains, and they robbed all that came along that way by them. And it was told to Abimelech. This commentator said the road to Shechem was no longer safe. The freebooters, in defiance of Abimelech's authority, stopped and robbed all the travelers that passed that way. Probably including Abimelech's own officers and servants. Most scholars agree that these liars in wait were set, to use that word in the scripture, in place hoping to catch Abimelech himself. But having hearts full of corruption, and hating order and tranquility and stability of government in general. They give free reign to their own hearts. And rob and pillage at will on all who pass their way. Such is the nature of lawlessness. A spirit of evil that is unbridled. The greater cause, the original cause, was to catch him, verse 25, to lie in wait for him. But you see, such is the evil of men's hearts. That the original cause and purpose was very quickly lost sight of. And universal mayhem ensued. Every man did that which is right in his own eyes. Have we not seen that in the streets of our nation? Have we not seen that? Somebody puts together a crowd for some supposed singular purpose. Some point they want to make. And the next thing you know the whole thing is a mass mob of robbers. Violence. Every man is doing that. It's in his own heart to do. And the original purpose and cause is completely lost. These men robbed, the word says, all that came along that way. Just happened to be going that way. Gil said, this they did to show their contempt of his government. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Judges twenty one twenty five, and soon enough every man or woman was fair game to their evil exploits, and so it shall ever be. So it shall ever be. For whom is all of this terror designed? Well, I point you again to verse 424 on which I told you I'd have more to say later. And here it is, verse 24. That the cruelty done to the three score and ten sons of Jerubaal might come and their blood be laid upon Abimelech. But wait, that's not the end of the sentence. And upon the men of Shechem which aided him in killing. Oh, this judgment will not just fall on Abimelech. This judgment will not just fall on those 70 light and vain persons which Abimelech employed in this vile fratricide. No, no. No. This judgment will not even be limited to those who were privy to the plans and schemes. No, no. It will fall on all. All. All that come that way. Verse 25. Even those who are just coming that way in the normal course of their normal lives. The judgment of God will fall. All which aided in the killing, even if they were aids only by their silence. Oh, we'll see later in verse 45. That God's righteous judgment fell on every inhabitant in Shechem. Abimelech there, we're told in that verse, took the city, killed all of its residents, break, and burn the city with fire, and then sowed it with salt. All died. Verse 49, all died men and women. Oh, can I just warn you here today. Can I just warn you here today. You will not escape the judgment of God against evil. Not even if your evil was just your silence. You will not avoid the judgment of God against evil even if your evil was just your silence. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole, the whole, the whole armor of God. that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore. Stand. Stand there, boy. You'll not escape the judgment of God against your sin, even if your sin was merely silence. Many of those residents, no doubt, that walked along that road had no part whatsoever in this murderous act. But neither did they cry out against it. No doubt they joined the parade, the party, when their new king was crowned. Silence. I'll never forget, blessed old Lester Olof, in that famous sermon in 1971, said, when evil men pass evil laws, it's the duty of godly men to break them. evil men pass evil laws it's the duty God to break them I'm not calling for lawlessness I'm calling for lawfulness God's law not men's everyone that passed that way we shall see further in this story the unfolding of it God's full judgment. But already, 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 verse 25, suffering. We'd say innocent people are suffering. No, no, guilty people are suffering. Guilty people. Guilty of silence. Take away with you this morning, if you will. Take away with you this morning from this text. This powerful admonition as it is laid out in the words of 1 Peter and chapter 1 verse 13. Wherefore gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Hope to the end of the, for the grace that is to be brought unto you by the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves According to the former lust in your ignorance. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father with who without respect of persons judgeth every man's work past the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of the Lamb of Christ, blood of Christ as the Lamb without blemish and without spot. Be ye holy, Gird up the loins of your mind. Take this admonition with you when you remember these words. Men of Shechem set liars in wait. For him in the tops of the mountains. And they robbed all that came that way. Judgment. Has already begun to fall. God, God sent an evil spirit. Turn with me if you will, please, again. In your hymn book, number one, one, three, four, eleven, thirty-four. Stand with me please and sing together. Your reigns sing to his name in lofty strains. Let all the earth song songs rejoice and in their praise exalt their voice. Deep are his counsels. Unknown. By grace and truth Support his throne Though gloomy clouds His ways around, Justice is their eternal ground In robes of justice Judgment lo, he comes, shakes the wine and cleans the toots. Before him, burns devouring fire the mountains melt, the seas retire. His or display, fly from the sight and shun the day. Then lift their heads, ye saints on high, and sing for your redemption's night.